Hello and welcome to the CS Duplicy Show. Thanks so much for everyone who has liked and subscribed. And of course, to our partners at Betway. Go to betway.co.za now to take a risk-free bet. Yes, you heard me right. A risk-free bet on the Springboks to win the Rugby World Cup outright. Risk-free. What could go wrong? Get involved right now and check out betway.co.za. It's my pleasure to welcome Undisputed... Defending champion Aries Bantamweight. I did that horribly. Sorry, DeMarc, but I get it. <laughs> I think we get the point, right? Yeah, yeah. Thank you for having me. Buddy. Thanks for coming in, man. It's good to see you again. Um, I obviously see you at the EFC events and you're on commentary with Portuguese. How, how do you enjoy the commentary? Because I see you get very excited and yeah. often you're shouting instructions too. <laughs> Which I shouldn't be. <laughs> Sorry, I, mean, I gave you away there. But. <laughs> I mean, I love it. I mean, it's. Um, I, I don't have a lot of opportunities to speak Portuguese, um, you know, so it's quite good to be able to express um, the martial arts that I've been so, um, you know, just more in English as, yeah. a, as such. And to do it in Portuguese, it's, a, it's, it's cool, you know, you get to relearn a lot of things that you, you know, you thought you knew, you know, especially Portuguese things are so different. So it's, it's amazing. So what's a rear naked choke in Portuguese? Uh, it's called a matalhão. A ba matalhão? Basically, it's like, kill the lion apparently okay a rear naked choke is the only possible way that human being can kill a lion okay that's fascinating <laughs> if you take its back how and then cool be, is that yeah but try, don't try it though I'm not definitely not <laughs> gonna try. you're not gonna be that human <laughs> Ray, we won't be uh going near lions trying rear naked yeah, choke kill the Mataleon, lion fascinating. <laughs> um obviously portuguese your your mother tongue right um yeah more i guess more english now in a sense now english yeah. obviously but growing up Obviously, Portuguese was was the thing. Where yeah. did you learn English? Was it in school? Is it is it part of the, the education system? Forgive me, I'm not very clued up. On no, no. So I came to South Africa when I was about seven years old, and I'm 33. So long then, time you've been yeah, here, man. Yeah, absolutely. So I mean, I've I've learned English my my whole primary school throughout primary school and high school and obviously university. So I've been doing English my whole life and. Also, it's uh, only at home we used to speak a bit of Portuguese, but but obviously now I don't I don't really have a lot of opportunity to speak Portuguese. So I basically, just speak English and a little bit of Portuguese. And your family now, your family, do you speak the Portuguese English. to them or only English? Really? Yeah, we speak English. Okay, that, that's the thing. Are you tempted to speak a little bit of Portuguese so that your a kids, little. you know? Because I used to do work also for for Supersport Massimo, where we where I did the live commentary work for UFC in Portuguese. In the beginning, it was very difficult because there's so many things that I'm so used to speaking English, and then <laughs> it was imagine. like so hard to actually speak in Portuguese. But but it's awesome. I think it's it's been a great opportunity mm -hmm. relearning a lot of things because the way you sometimes you say the words like you swap them around yeah. in Portuguese and, and in English. So yeah, it's, it's awesome. Yeah. But um, I think also one one thing that I'm disappointed in myself is that I didn't learn the languages here properly, like okay. Swana, Zulu, and whatever, and Afrikaans, and all that kind of stuff. I understand a little bit of it, but I think I could have learned it properly because I've been here in South Africa for so long. So <laughs> when you fill up fuel in your car, yeah. right, mm -hmm. and the petrol attendant, I mean, here in South Africa, we have people who pump gas for us. It's yeah. not like other parts of the world yeah. where you pump the gas. Uh, has there been occasions where they'll greet you in, like, uh, a Zulu or a Kosa? I understand. And, and I then you like... Like the Veneca, I understand like the greetings and okay. the swear words. Obviously, the swear words you <laughs> of gotta, course, <laughs> the swear words, of course. That's the thing you gotta learn fir first. <laughs> I, I mean, I understand a lot of it, but to keep a full conversation, yeah. I, I can't. And also, Africans understand like 
few things. Okay. But I, I think in high school, because I went to high school here in Pretoria, and in, in, uh, in Pretoria they speak a lot of Stoana. Sure. And then a lot of the words I know, but just to keep a long conversation, I really don't know. And I did a bit of Afrikaans in high school as well. But I think English has been like for the longest time, the, the language that I speak most of the time. So being in South Africa 26 years now, mm-hmm. um, quarter of a century, mm-hmm. sounds very long, eh? <laughs> um, South Africa's home, yeah. or Angola is still, I mean, you, you're still proudly associated to Angola. I mean, it's your country of birth, but is South Africa home now in, in your opinion, or is it a bit of like 50-50? You know, you know, honestly, obviously, I'm, I'm Angolan, and our family in Angola has such a rich history because my grandfather was Jonas Savimbi. I don't know if you you know a little bit of the history in Angola. Is that he was like the rebel leader there, yeah. fighting the the local. Um, well, the border war. I mean, yeah. and everything that happened there. So. A lot of South Africans actually went there and and, and fought beside my with my grandfather in, oh, against the MPLA and the, the was it the Cubans, I believe. So I mean, a lot of South Africans have been in Angola actually fighting the war there. And my 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 grandfather, my father was a soldier. A lot of my relatives were part of the war. Many of them were part of the, you know, the UNITA. You know, it's a rich history. And uh, yeah. I think, funny enough, is that we've had a lot of difficulties as, as Angolans. Where if you're part of the South, part of the UNITA side, and and it's like there was a taboo in, a, in a, at a stage where I couldn't say where I was from, part of which part of Angola. For real, especially because of who I am. As a, as a, yeah, because of your direct link. Yes. I mean, you've because got Savimbi blood, exactly. Yeah, in the Civil War for so long, and there was times that I've been to. I mean, when I I left uh, Angola, I think in ninety ninety five. No, not ninety five. I left Luanda in ninety eight ish. I left um, the south in ninety five. So, and then I spent a little bit of time in Luanda, but back then I couldn't really say who I was. Because That's they were like crazy. some kind of transitional yeah. uh, government that they had there. The war was still happening. Then um, my grandfather was, they say he was killed, but, but it, apparently there's like he killed himself. It was like an ambush. And then eventually, I, I think the bullet was like, yeah, I think he just took his life. Because if you were, I think, to get caught, I mean, you saw what happened, let's say, with uh, a lot of the insurgents. You know, you go to court and then, like uh, with Saddam Hussein, they got hung. Or yeah, probably public go hanging. To, yeah, yeah. yeah. I think the humiliation of it all, because he honestly was a leader that cared for his people. Um, and then, you know how it is as Africans. Most of the leaders that actually care for the people eventually <laughs> get killed, <laughs> allegedly. True. <laughs> so no, you're right. Yeah, so I think, yeah, the history in Angola. And then, funny enough, I had fought in South Africa for EFC since EFC 10, right? Yeah, or? way back. Then um, I've had I won I became the champion and I have many title defenses because of I think who I was. There was a time that they didn't even show my fights in back home. You kidding me? <laughs> I promise you. The first time they showed my fight I think was after um, I've had already eight fights in EFC. I already defended the belt, and then um, uh, one actually r- reporter had a show like they go to the diaspora and everywhere like to look for Angolans that are excelling. So when he did a story on me, he didn't really know who I was. Uh, and then once they showed it on the national TV, they the, his boss came to him and was like, do you know who this kid is? He's like part of the... <laughs> <laughs> wow. Yeah, so, but uh, I mean, after uh, Dos Santos also died and there was a new president of, of Empaladas, it's got a bit, it's less now than, than it used to be because obviously we're not in war anymore. Yeah. 
And then the excuses aren't as like, okay, the country isn't excelling because we're in part of war. Now it's a new new government. There's no more excuse for war. Obviously, now the government has to provide for its people. Yeah. So that talk is not as prevalent as it was. And then more people now are just comfortable to be any part of any party. But for me, I've never really like um, being part of like UNITA or yeah, I no grew up in it. Movement. I just came here and then focused on me, try to become a better. You're kind of better. born into yes, exactly. into a legacy, if I can put it that way. Yeah, <laughs> but you've been welcome back, though. I mean, you've been recognized for your achievements. So I mean, now you're allowed to go back to yeah, Angola no, yeah, and absolutely. I mean, uh, the, the the current government um, government and president actually honored me with a with a medal, a medal for honor and you know bravery and and, and honor. So. I mean, it's 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 amazing. I think they could have they could have done more. I believe. I think based on what I've been doing for the country in, in terms of a sports a sports uh, personality, because we don't have a lot of let's say champions excelling overseas. Um, I'm like one of a few guys yeah. that are actually doing well. You know, in many disciplines. So I think as a, as an Angolan, being so at the top of they say the sport for so long, winning, putting the flag there, having not gotten that recognition for so long. I think um, it's good to see that they're changing uh, slightly. I'm actually going to Angola next week again. Okay. Yeah, get a, get get some more recognition then, and just help the uh, the sport grow more because it's as you know it's a difficult sport. Absolutely. Um, we don't get paid a lot, especially coming up, and and uh, I think we don't get as many sponsorships as well because of I think the nature of the sport. A lot of people feel that it's a violent sport, and it's not as mainstream like soccer or the other sports. So it's a very difficult sport, and then to be able to excel at that kind of level, you need definitely a lot of assistance more than what people think. Absolutely, mm. I think that's the biggest thing. I mean, as you now progress in your career as Aries bantamweight champion, defending champion, um, you've feel that you almost have a responsibility to educate people about the sport of mixed martial arts because people still say that it's the cage fighting, it's the human cockfighting, whatever you want to call it. Um, and by being champion, by association to the sport, people will look to you to educate them. And at the end of the day, these are professionals. This is not some bar or club yeah. brawl that's happening. Yeah. You guys are educated in in violence. You're educated in various disciplines of martial arts, and you know I think that mindset is definitely changing. Are you, are you feeling that it's changing? I think since COVID in South Africa, my personal experience is when the UFC was the only thing really happening. A lot of people started tuning in to mixed martial arts and became more educated by the sport. So I think you know from that point of view, it's it's taken in. Sort of a different mindset now. Is is that a fair assumption? I believe so. I think the UFC has done uh, tremendous for the sport. Obviously, there's such a, it's a great uh, organization. I think more so for its marketing skill because the UFC has the best fighters, most of the best fighters in the world in mixed martial arts, but not the only place where there's good fighters. But you need to fight in the UFC, I think, to be considered the best fight in the world. Yeah. I think just because of the marketing machine that they they are and the way they they they. They they promote themselves worldwide. I mean, it's it's unbelievable. And a lot of the guys have obviously fought in the UFC already. They say, you know what, that organization is amazing. And uh, I think going to Fight Island in Abu Dhabi and then having combat sports happening, or one of the few that started, uh, you know, having competitions again. I think it was tremendous for the UFC. And uh, for MMA as such, you know, a lot of people know know uh, mixed martial arts. And uh, I think also when Conor McGregor uh, fought uh, Floyd Mayweather as well, a lot of people <laughs> like, referred to 
MMA with Conor McGregor, you know, the, the kind of superstar that he yeah. that he was and still is. Um, I think it has been amazing for the sport. But I think in Africa as well, it's the I think more slowly more sponsors starting to understand that this is a, a, a legitimate sport. Yeah. You know, we uh, for myself as well, like when I'm committed to camp, there's so many things that you have to do to be at the top. Uh, the, the top of this uh, this sport and then you need so much backing and yeah. so uh, like you need a proper support structure otherwise skill alone isn't enough you know you you have to be able to put in so much work and still be able to recover you know get enough sleep you know eat the right stuff you know get the right coaching in place so there's a lot involved more so than many other sports i believe in, Absolutely. in that that exists because there's already those let's say if you're part of a soccer team there's so many structures involved in there or you just have to show up train and then the physio here and then Look at the backroom stuff <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, absolutely we don't have that kind of stuff you know you have to set it up yourself so i think that's the the the, the thing that a lot of people don't understand yet and and then i feel that funny enough i was actually in the sauna earlier today People are talking about uh, the the World Cup and how the African teams have not, like most of them already out, or if not all of them. But I think it's that foundation as Africans that we still don't have in many, many sports. Because if you look at other sports, the same in Europe, they start off when they're like four or five. You know, they go to these academies and then they go to this team they used to already part of that environment they've already probably watched Messi play they've watched Cristiano Ronaldo they've already had pictures with them so when they get to that massive stage it's not such a shock you know but if you look back in let's say mixed martial arts right now a lot of us when we see Diana White we're like oh my gosh that's Diana White you know what I mean <laughs> like if you see Adesanya yeah, it's, oh, yeah, exactly. it's amazing exactly but guys let's say like Drakers now they're breaking those boundaries because they're at the top level now and then yesterday we saw Drakers Day is a nice guy very friendly. Around, you know what I'm saying greets everyone exactly yeah. so I think in the longer run with, with in terms of the sport now with, uh, with the new guys coming up they'll be able to see the likes of Drakers fighting and then coming here getting a picture with them breaking those barriers yeah. and then once the UFC starts coming you know to to Africa we get to see those guys we'll be used to watch when we were younger slowly breaking those barriers so that when you're in that world stage we know so starstruck you're walking out and you see oh my gosh that's Bruce Buffer you're like Absolutely, shaking your yeah. pants you know I think once that happens in the next two three years because we've seen this massive you know growth in in, in uh, African uh, mixed martial arts and I think it started back obviously in the times of FFM where we had that massive massive team where most of those guys there to this point are very, doing very well yeah. if not in obviously Aries and and Bokang there with one championship with Don PFL myself in Aries so so many guys we've you know we came from that camp and then doing so well now so I think the sport has, has a, a great future but we need more teams like yeah. like that stage where there was FFM, there was CIT, there were some other teams in Durban. But now it feels like, you know, more CIT now in, in, in that forefront. But uh, I feel like we need those massive, massive yeah. MMA teams again to be able to keep driving that that uh, that growth for MMA. I know PFL have announced in 2025 they, they're bringing an event to Africa, wherever that is going to be. I know there's people who doubt that they're actually going to even come here. Mm -hmm. But the... And this is maybe a silly question. My mom says there's no such thing as a silly question, and she's yeah. a school teacher, so she'll know. Okay. Um, <laughs> UFC is the dream, right? And even at 33 years old, mm -hmm. your career is far from over. Your record is impeccable. It's one blemish, right? Yeah, well, yeah, it's a, it was needed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We'll get to that. It's a good reminder, yeah. Mm -hmm. But UFC is the ultimate, mm -hmm. and we've seen guys from the continent go to the UFC, is that the moment when all that, those years of taking shots, the grinding, the fitness, the weight cuts, 
pays off, even though it's just the beginning of a new chapter. Yeah, and and, and what a what a new chapter, you know? It's like <laughs> the <laughs> yeah, new yeah. chapter. I, I think ultimately most guys, you know, that start the sport, you, you we've started watching um, the UFC. Actually, when I started watching mixed martial arts, I started watching Pride, the UFC, and I mean it was the ultimate goal, you know. So for me as well, obviously, I would. Uh, that's the next. Uh, logical step yeah. for me is to compete in the UFC and I'll keep pushing for it um, but I'm not gonna wait and be like just sitting let's just wait until the UFC maybe comes to Africa you don't know when that can be so um, I just had a, an oppression in my hand my my thumb is healing um, well but as soon as I can fight I'm gonna fight if it's Aries it's gonna be Aries I'm not gonna keep I'm not just gonna sit and wait you know of course I need to stay active and then when the opportunity comes, uh, I just have to be able to take it. But I just can't be now idle and thinking, oh, when they'll come, maybe yeah. they'll choose me. No way. So I'll, I'll stay active. Um, I've always trained hard throughout my career. I think that's been my the biggest thing. I, I don't just train when I have yeah. a fight. So I think obviously the UFC is the is, is the is the goal, and it, and I know that I have the skill set to be able to to do all that. And, and I think what's amazing, um, and Ray, my executive producer, pointed out the other day that. The UFC is so much closer. It, it used to be this incredible thing when when uh, Gareth McClellan was there or yeah. Ruan Potts or even Don Madge. When, when, and you were like, it's so far away yeah. for an African fighter and those guys have kind of paved the way. But now they're very much aware of the talent that's coming out of Africa. They're very much aware of who's doing what. And it's just so much more accessible now. It's not just a a pie in the sky dream is it it's actually something and when you see cameron simon walk out there yeah. or Drikus, um it's like wow man yeah. like this is achievable we can yeah. do that and i mean that yeah. must make you feel like i'm not just working for an african title or a, an aries title I'm, I'm working towards something which is the pinnacle and let's be honest the ufc is the premier league the yeah. english premier league of mixed martial arts no, I don't know for sure. I, I, like like I said, I think in the beginning when we started um, becoming a champion, the UFC used to be first like the the biggest thing. But uh, in the back of our heads, obviously the UFC has always been the the, the you know the, the the top. You know. Yeah. So now when you see guys doing well, we've had a few guys go there already, and then guys becoming like number one contenders, possibly fighting for titles. I mean, because uh, I think the funny thing for me that I see is that I've trained with maybe. Most guys that have been in the UFC, mm. I mean, I think from here, I've trained with, with them. Besides, I think the only one I haven't trained with ever is uh, uh, Cameron Simon. We need to set that up. Yeah, no, for sure. Yeah, I think do some rounds. Yeah, you know for sure, I mean? for sure. Absolutely. He's a, he's a talented a man. He's so talented. Yeah. Like, he's such a good fighter. Um, his stand-up is unbelievable. His ground is very, very good. I mean, to see that kind of that kind of maturity at a guy, I think he's 21 or 22. Yeah. You know, It's so, exciting. Exciting. We have the talent here. I think the only thing, like in in general, African sports, is that we need that foundation. Sure. Because he he was part of of a massive team, and and in guidance of a guy like Drakus, he was able to like overcome so many things. I think before he went to the UFC, he went to Abu Dhabi already. He watched one of the UFCs. He was acquainted with the people. You know, like those things are important because at the end of the day, you can't go there and be starstruck. That's the thing I think that most of uh, African sports we 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 grew up watching these people we idolize them and then we get to that point where like oh my god you know you're fighting yeah. there but you're still looking around you know you so I think the more we break that 
in in the next year or so we should definitely have more more Africans <laughs> not bring the debate of Africans of from Africa real Africans though <laughs> but yeah, we won't go there <laughs> it's we not going go but i mean from, from people that are ca- training yeah absolutely based here yeah, yeah. <laughs> Let's, let's go with that, shall we? Yeah, those who, are, who, who breathe, yeah. Um, <laughs> We're just joking. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll leave it Don't at that. Don't take it seriously. <laughs> um, out of interest, you, you've you also th- flourished in your role as a head coach with the Wolf Academy. I know there's been sort of versions of the Wolf Academy along the way, but where you are now, I think of a guy like Humphrey coming through the ranks. I think of uh, some incredible talent, talented athletes how are you enjoying that coaching side of things? Does it keep you on your toes because you have to be that driving force? You have to be the motivational factor to these guys because a lot of these guys come in with nothing from different parts of the continent, mm-hmm. um, but their dream is the same as your dream. Those dreams are aligned mm-hmm. and it's about becoming a professional MMA athlete who eventually will be a world champion regardless of the organization. You know, funny enough, um, one thing that a lot of people don't know is that when I started mixed martial arts and way back in when I was still in high school, I used to coach people as well, like some students. So went way back, eh? Way, way back, I think, even 2006 already, 2005, when uh, we went to, myself and Marino actually went to the same high school and Nedic as well that competes for UAE and also EFC. Um, I Shout mean, I to the the two of them, yeah, great yeah. gentlemen, absolutely yeah. great, great, great humans. So, I mean, I've been training and coaching almost my whole life, and uh, that's one thing that I think I'm, I'm also very good at is, is coaching. And then I'm, I push the guys, you know. So I've had that opportunity in my beginning stages as a professional when I was still with Dimitri Balanis and, and undisputed. Um, obviously, then when I when I went into FFM, the structure was so so great there, where we have had head coaches like Richie Kwan and then team captains like Norman. The team was amazing back then. I I feel that if that team was now mm-hmm. where the doors have been open a lot more, we could have had so many more guys, you know, uh, actually doing very very well in, in the. In, in the sport of yeah. uh, MMA, you know, you guys had to break down doors yeah. and pave the way. Yeah, you know, so there are people who are benefiting, but at that time, I think FightFit was ahead of its time. No, no, absolutely. I think, in all honest truth, besides all the things that happened after, mm. then uh, people left and all the kind of stuff. In terms of training and and, and the the facility that, that was there, honestly, was world class. I think now it's more more jujitsu based yeah. and, and everything, uh, they, which they're doing very well. But that stage when the team used to be the the core of of, of the actual gym, I think well, we had the best fighters. Uh, yeah. You know, in, <laughs> you guys had some incredible athletes. Uh, absolutely, I feel that if we need to, if we go back to structures like that, imagine we have let's say uh, four or five gyms like that. Basically, we're talking yeah, about Victoria, South Africa. That's Jordan, what we, you Cape know what I'm saying. Durban, absolutely. <sighs> It's gonna be amazing. Maybe you know? Bloemfontein. I don't know. Well, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> well, we've got that. Limpopo. Eh? Limpopo um, as well. Yeah. Pulukwane, yeah. So I think once we can have those structures back again, yeah. but at the end of the day, you know, uh, coaches need to make money as well, yeah. and it needs to be something that's sustainable. You know, the sport needs to, uh, EFC needs to go back to uh, where it used to be because uh, remember the times where we had Costa Yano was a star. You know, I just remember like. It's it's a place in Johannesburg. It's now not a venue anymore, but the mm. Coca Cola Dome. Coca Cola Dome, yeah, yeah. yeah. I don't know. It's, it's had very different names they changed, along yeah, the way. They changed but the, name, the dome yeah. was yeah. the ten thousand, fifteen thousand people, and I mean, with that fight, there was a Greek yeah, warriors, the, exactly, the flags, the flags it yeah. was mad. We had it must have been quite intimidating. <laughs> used, yeah, those times. Were, I mean, EFC was at the top, 
Costa or Superstar, Gareth McLennan, you know, all, all, almost all the guys there by FM. When they fought, they brought a crowd, yeah. and then people will do anything to go watch the, the fights. I think, obviously now, I think they're more focused on just selling the rights of the show, but if we can ha go slowly start going back to smaller venues even, not just, obviously, at the, the PI, so that that passion can come back yeah. and possibly maybe have two or three more EFC types of uh, of organizations because the, I mean the sport is is um, is growing slowly in the African space, but we need bigger, you know, to feel that kind of environment like we used to. Yeah. That's why I think a lot of the times when they feel like, for let's say for myself, in terms of like a title fight, I'm so used to that kind of thing because I would go do interviews, so many people talking to you about a title fight, being under pressure, being the the main event. I've main event so many times for EFC. When I go fight in Aries, maybe they think this guy has no experience, but almost all my career has been title fights, Absolutely. you know, people doubting you. So that kind of stuff helps a lot. Uh, you know, so many people going to, to the to the weigh-ins, you know, watching the fights, having fights in Manly, Maine, for the Manly, Maine, Coca-Cola Dome yeah. in Cape Town. Like, when, when I go to Aries, yeah, it was you know, when I go to Aries, I mean, I think just the layoff for so long and so many things that I did wrong leading yeah. up to my first fight back, but all that stuff I'm used to. So when they see you, they think, ah, this guy is just going to get washed. But hey, man, we've been doing this thing forever. You know what I'm saying? Tell me about the Aries setup. For for a lot of people that aren't familiar with the, the setup, it's obviously a, a promotion that's growing uh, each event. Uh, there's amazing athletes who are competing there. But you said you found, because of your experience coming through EFC, that you're sort of used to the big lights and the expectation and potentially the critics and naysayers when you get there, but give us an idea of, of what that setup's like and, and how they look after you. So Air is a great promotion. Um, I think, well, when I came back, I, I was five years out, you know. There's so many things that you you, lo you lose that touch, I feel. And then I think the thing that really um, messed me up the most was my diet, because I hadn't cut weight for so long. Okay. And then- uh, Five years is a long yeah, time. So when I cut weight and, and I didn't feel my best that time and, you know, and he caught me and I was just like, oh, goodness, you know, so many things that happened leading up to that. But it was important because it was like a wake up call to say, you know what, this, you're not the same, you're not the same guy anymore back then. Because the thing with Aries and the French people, they're very um, patriotic. So they're going to support the French guy. Of course. And then it's not just they're going to leave you alone and just cheer for the guy. They're going to boo you. <laughs> So you know, when you're walking out, they'll boo you. Oh, wow. Okay. So I think... When, when Thanks the, for the love, Frost. Yeah, the, the first time <laughs> I went there, I was like, I thought, okay, they're obviously not going to cheer for me. Yeah. But they'll cheer for the guy. I accept it, but they'll boo you. They, you'll understand that you're not there to win the fight. You're there to just be the guy that the French guy beats up. So many things happen in that fight, and I realized, you know what? I got to change my perspective. I'm not yeah. the guy that if I were to fight here, I know some people are going to support me, and then some were not. But uh, I wasn't going to get booed for no reason sure. just because, I, you know, I'm just going there to show up and, and actually compete. So, you know, so many things happen leading up to that. And then I learned my lesson. I'm like, you know what? It is what it is, but I know my skill level. Yeah. Even after being so long out, I've been training with, with, with the guys, you know. I've been, uh, most camps that the guys are doing, I've been doing. My regular training, my weekly training, is f it's similar to people actually training to fight, but I'm just training to maintain. I know my skill set. I know I'm a good fighter. I can strike. I can wrestle. I can, I can do a lot of things. I might not be the best in individual things, but I can mix it up really well. And if you're not good at some way, I'm going to exploit that, and then I'll find a way. So after, you know, coming back and not winning that, that, that fight. I was, I was at Lapalus. What's his Lapalus. Yeah, 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 actually yeah. fighting now on the 
2nd of September in the UFC. Yeah. It's back in the UFC. Um, yeah, after that, I was like myself, you know what? Even when I watched Lapi, I was like, yes, he's a good fighter, but I can beat this guy. That's why I asked, after my last fight, I asked to fight him in... Rematch. Yes, <laughs> I, but they never gave me the rematch. But it is what it is. But yeah. um, I think one important thing as a fighter is that you want to lose properly. I don't know if that makes sense. You okay. want to go there and fight your heart out and then be if you're going to lose you then having giving it all yes okay and then, then I felt that I, I I was robbed of like a a proper defeat okay because I, I wouldn't have minded if I went there and I gave my best and then I'd lost you know I was like okay that's interesting I gave my best so this I have nothing to like be ashamed of yeah but um, as a warrior goes out on the mm, shield yeah you go properly yeah. you know but the way I felt and then then I, everything around it and I was just like man I don't I'm so disappointed in myself, you know. I was disgusted in myself, basically. Okay. But that was a reality check that yeah. you that you admit you needed, right? Yeah. Because you've been on the sidelines for so long. Uh, you finally back, um, and many people will argue four years yeah, robbed. Yeah. yeah, you. You know, yeah. and we won't get too much into those details. But you've lost. What's next? Are you questioning your future in MMA? Are you saying, you know, I'm getting booed here? Why must I fight in France? Mm-hmm. What you, what's going through your mind there? I, I honestly felt, I asked myself, you know, can I still do this? Honestly, I thought to myself, can I still do this? Um, but I know my skill, like, I'm a good fighter. I, I won't lie. <laughs> like, I'm not even trying to be boastful or whatever. Yeah. I've trained with the best I guys I think your here. record is okay. Just besides that, I think, <laughs> I, I know I'm a good fighter. Yeah. And, and uh, I know what I can do. And I can take punishment, eh? Like, like I, 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 like I had so many conversations with myself, like question, like what happened, what went wrong, what can I do better, mm. and then I try to go back in my old fights, what I used to do, the mentality, because so many things you take for granted, but it's the little things that add up to the bigger thing, and, and then I felt like I skipped a lot of steps, and I felt that I've, I was more excited to be back to fighting that actually realizes that I needed to go there and fight. Yeah, yeah. You know, you know yeah, what I'm no, saying? You almost got carried away with the occasion yes. as opposed to the process. Yeah, so oh, I gosh. thought I'm so happy now I can fight, you know, so long that I haven't been able to fight and I know that I still have this fire. Yeah. But I was too excited that I'm going, I'm back to fighting that I didn't realize that I have to go there and fight. And then <laughs> I got punished for it. And then after afterwards, I was like, man, I'm good at this, man. Yeah. Those guys, I, I, I like... I can see who this guy, this I have a hard fight with this guy, not really. And then I went back, won my fight against a guy that hadn't lost in like seven years. He, he, he beat the guy that he had. Were they still him. booze though? They they gonna support the French guy. Okay, so regardless <laughs> if you're okay, they'll so your hands the, raised and it's the booze ring out. They'll thing. support the French guy. Sure. I, I think now there's less booze because some people know me. But they're still gonna be booze, and obviously, when you are there, they're gonna be more of his families, and obviously, mm. supporters are from from there. Sure. Even the last fighters, well, I mean, they they still they cheering more for the French guy because they want the French guy to win. And then, but I understand, but I can see those guys; they're tough. But uh, uh-uh. <laughs> it's like no man. Like I can I can see some guys. You're like, well, if you fight this guy, you're gonna have a hard fight, and you really have to dig deep. They're good fighters, honestly. Yeah. But I just felt like you know what, I'm a better fighter than. Maybe ninety percent of those guys there. Exactly. Yeah. So um, it's taught me a lot coming back and fighting in France. Um, but I feel like so much more, you know, I can do, especially um, there. Before, hopefully, the UFC may come sooner or later. But I'm just gonna keep fighting it. Yeah. And then also, I've learned to not define myself based on just a specific outcome. I know what I've been able to do here yeah. in Africa. I know people that have been able to influence on the sport in, in South Africa and Angola and elsewhere, the people that followed me. 
I know I'm a good fighter. At the end of the day, making the UFC, I'm not, I'm not now sitting there, okay, oh my God, now I'm like, the, no, no, no. I've made it. No, no, yeah, no, no, yeah, no. You know what I'm saying? Pinnacle. Yeah, yeah. So it's one of those things I understand that it will be cool to get there, but it will never define me and I'll never go to bed thinking, oh my God, I'm now depressed. No, I'm not going to do that. I'm content to who I am and I be- I know it's a process and yeah. I've gone through this thing for, for so, so many years, overcoming so much, you know, working with people that helped me grow, you know, so much. So I understand the process and it's been an amazing process and I'm going to keep growing. I believe I have a few good years left, Sure. you know, in the sport. And then I'm not like I'm an old 33-year-old because I take care of myself really well. Don't smoke, don't drink, belly go out. You know, I'm very dedicated. Yeah. So um, I believe that I'm still fresh, you know what I mean? <laughs> so so when is potentially the next, I mean, the hands healed 100% now? No, no, maybe no. 70%. Okay. Yeah, ish. <laughs> and then sort of realistically, when are you looking to fight again? Is, would it be 2024? Yes. Uh, no, 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 no. I'm going to fight still this year. Okay. Um, the, 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 they're fighting for an interim belt now on I the 1st so, of yes, September. Yeah. I fought one of the guys uh, already. It'll be nice if the other guy wins at least, then you can have a fresh guy. Sure. Um, and then uh, November. Okay. So, yeah, I think November. My hand should be 100% by then. But even in the fight, when I, I think I believe it happened like in the second round, <laughs> you know, and then it's not ideal. No, not at all. <laughs> and then every time I hit him, my hand was so so. So I just told myself, you know, hit him hard enough that it, it's so for you, but it should be more so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he'll feel it <laughs> yeah, more. Yeah, he should feel it more. <laughs> but there was such good position I had on the ground, and I just when I trapped him, and then he just pulled back in my hand. I was just like, ah, no, no, thank you. <laughs> Just let it go. So um, that's the thing about about fighting is that so many things can 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 happen, leading up to the fight, in the fight. Yeah. But the the, the people there just watching, they think that you are a hundred percent. But there's so many things going on in your personal life. You know, your diet maybe went wrong. Maybe you're not feeling it's well. The niggle you know, that you've got oh, carrying into, and you yeah. don't want to not fight because you've worked so hard to get to that point. Exactly. And then you don't want to pull out. Yeah. Because let's say yeah, now they they've already sorted out every oh, your trip to go to to France. And then now you're there, you're like, guys, I'm not feeling well. <laughs> They'll yeah, be like, bro, they're never going to call yeah, you back. Exactly. So sometimes you just have to take that, you know, that L and then move on, you know. <laughs> but you're on a nice tear at the moment. Um, and obviously November, we're hoping to see you in action again. I- I've got to ask you, looking at sort of MMA in general at the moment, and it's a contentious issue, but while I've got you here, I might as well ask. So stoppages are always debatable. And I suppose they get interpreted differently by critics, by referees. At the end of the day, it's the referee's prerogative to decide when an athlete is taking too much damage. Mm-hmm. And maybe there's irreparable harm that's coming from there. Um, but what's your take? I mean, some some referees err on the side of caution because they don't want people to get hurt. And then people say, but you called that too soon. I, I was still okay. I, I wasn't completely sparked. Um, is it something, do you think that human error will always be there, you know, in the sport because it comes down to interpretation? Look, I think if it, you can look at it in, in a few different ways. As a fighter, um, for me, looking back in my career, every time the ref would come in and say, you know, if you're getting hit and, you, and I'm calling you and I'm telling you to move, um, I would tell the ref myself that let me, give me more chance Okay, so you taking shots and you're like, give me more chance. No, no, I'm saying, yeah, like before the fight, oh, you tell yeah, the ref. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I see in the before. Yeah, in so the when they come in yeah, your yeah. warm up, you t- I normally tell the ref, like, don't just stop the fight. Give me more chances to get to recover. So you tell the ref, like, if something happens, give me more chance to recover. 
So as a fighter, I would definitely want the, the ref to give me more chance to recover because I want to win the fight. Of course. But um, but at the end of the day, this, uh, fighter safety is obviously a priority. But I always feel that it might be better to let the fight go on a little bit longer. Okay. So then there's there's like the complaint because people are gonna complain regardless. Either Rather way. people complain that you got a little bit hits a little bit more than it was stopped too soon. Sure. So at least then if you got a little bit more, may, maybe the person that lost is like, okay, I got a little hits a little bit more, but you know. Yeah. But if if it's the case of I think as a fighter. When you when you when you just drop and then you could have possibly recovered and then you feel like, like you were robbed, but in in that sense now if you look at the crowd it depends who's saying what because if I support a certain individual, uh, obviously if someone if if he drops somebody I want the ref to stop the fight sooner because yeah. I want my guy to win. Of course. So that's the problem is that it's like this balance of power or. Yeah. Influence to see that okay, if it's my guy, obviously, want him to get le- to to get more time to recover, yeah. And then if it's not, so I think it's always going to be where <laughs> if, if I like one guy more, I obviously want the ref to not stop the fight, of course, <laughs> you know. So, okay, I see what you're saying uh, because, like, uh, you hear stories where, and, and in particular, the UFC they tend to go a little bit longer and rather have someone take more damage, but obviously, if there's someone's been knocked out and you can see they're in. That's game over. The ref slides in. So I suppose that interpretation for however long will still always be there. I suppose like other sport, I know football has VAR and whatever and cricket has referrals. But like in that sort of space, and I suppose the same with boxing too, you know. It yeah. comes down to the man who's in, in the, the cage or the woman who's, you know, the referee and they've got to make the call. And, and I think the beauty the beauty also now with, with boxing as well, they've, they have the three knockdown rule. So if you get knocked down three times in a this round, true. the fight is over. And then, even in MMA, you it, I think there's less brain damage in MMA because of if you get dropped, the guy will follow you and then try and finish you. Yeah. So it means that you still have to be conscious enough that you can still fight. But with boxing, you get guys, you get dropped, and then there's a count, and then you you already had suffer some kind of damage yeah. to your brain because obviously you hit the side of your your skull, and then you get up and again. And it's a repetitive. So it means jab, that if you're getting yeah. knocked knocked down, let's say twice in every round, depending how well you recover, you can still keep going on. Sure. And then obviously the the, the damage for that is is a, is a lot more. Yeah. And then you're only getting hit, mostly getting hit in the stomach and the head. That's why I think mixed martial arts are a lot safer in the long run because a lot of MMA fighters after after stopping uh, their careers they're still fine. You yeah. Can, you know they're not like you know. They no, seem- but that's uh, <laughs> true. The brain health is is obviously a huge concern. Yeah, something yeah. That we have to look into. Um, it, other sort of obviously, there's a lot of news at, with MMA at the moment, but um, just looking ahead at at let's, I've got to ask you the Drikas sort of Adesanya thing. Mm-hmm. I know that um, that's the fight we all want to see. Yeah. What was your take on that? Obviously, you like you've seen Drikas up close. You've you've commentated on his fights. You've trained in the gym. Do you think he can take Adesanya? What do you think Adesanya is going to do to try and combat Drikas? Because it is an awkward style, and it's probably a nightmare matchup for Adesanya. You know, funny, when actually Adesanya joined the UFC, um, I was a huge fan of Adesanya. He's one of my favorite fighters for, for a long time. I've Incredible always, athlete. I've always Incredible. supported Adesanya. Um, I think for the, for the way he expresses himself uh, through, through, his, through his style and his, the way he is as a person, and a lot of the stuff I'm sure is not the way it is like if you speak to him outside of the cameras, but he seems to be a like consistent guy. Yeah. And I like Adesanya. Good human being. Yeah, yeah. I like Adesanya. Obviously, he understands now that's how the 
the, the, the sport is, sometimes the more controversial you are, obviously the more famous you get, the more money you get. Look at wrestling. There's got to be a good guy and a yeah, bad yeah, guy. Yeah, and, uh, yeah. and so I'm sure he's a wrestling fan. I'm coming with the point of, I, I, I like Adesanya. He's it's, it's been my favorite fighter for a long time. Um, I've always said it. I've always supported him. And one, one of the guys that actually wake up to watch his fights. And having, having, and, and then Drikas has always been, um, I've known Drikas, the first time I think I trained with Drikas, he was 15 or 14 or 15. I think so. When he came to FFM, he, he joined there a little bit for a while. And then after he, had, he, he went to CIT. Um, Drikas is a nice guy. Honestly, he's, uh, even now to this point, he's a star now. Yeah. But he'll come and greet you, very chilled, doesn't have any, he's probably making the most bank out of all of us. You know what I mean? It's like... <laughs> I'm sure he's doing okay. <laughs> yeah, I know he's doing okay. He's not, <laughs> he's not struggling. He's not, the, you know? So Drikas is a nice but. That Drickers that I've known for all this time is the same Drickers uh, yeah. to now. I mean, is is a nice guy, but the 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 reality of it all is that if you look at Adesanya, he's an amazing striker, very elusive, light on his feet. It's hard to take him down, but it's not impossible. If you look at his fight with Jan Blahovic, Blahovic was able to take him down. I think also mounted him. The thing with Drickers is that he is so strong, so strong, and and he will be able to take uh, Adesanya down. He's got really good dust chokes, really good rear naked chokes. And he's also tough. So he can take a lot of punishment from for, from Adesanya. And then also that thing with the with him with the nose and all the up and whatever. I mean, if you watch his fights, he will push, you know? Like the way he was fighting the first fights in the UFC, it was for us that know him for so long. We know that he was getting tired too soon. Probably something was wrong because you yeah. can see from his previous fights, he's going to push, eh? Absolutely. And you'll even get better throughout the fight. So I think that issue is done with. Um, he hits hard, he can knock you out. He's good on the ground. He's also awkward movement, so it's, you can't really train for a guy like that. So I feel like, in honesty, he's the worst matchup for, mm. for, for Adesanya because he can even knock Adesanya out. He can most likely Imagine. submit him. Goodness. And uh, I think the thing is that Drikas, if he can work on his maybe wrestling, shooting doubles, because um, if you look at Adesanya's fight, he doesn't defend that well, that shot with the double. In the clinch, you'll be able to defend much better because of obviously the Muay Thai and yeah. the kickboxing, they'll be able to clinch. But I think he can take Adesanya down and uh, definitely submit him. So he needs, to be, he needs to put the pressure on Adesanya. So if you're a betting man, you're putting money on Drikas against Adesanya? Oh, I put you on the spot. There. <laughs> no, no, no. I'm, no I'm, I'm just saying. I'm just thinking because I'm trying to put myself in different positions. Because Adesanya, I'm a Desanya fan. I love yeah, Adesanya. He'll, if he can, he keeps him at range. Pick, yes, tries that, to pick him apart. That's that's the plan. He's gonna yeah. try and kick. He's gonna try and kick um, Drakus, move around. But the thing is, this, Drakus doesn't fight like that. He's not gonna be uh, cautious with Adesanya and be worried like for he's gonna rush him. He's gonna put pressure on him. So realistically, he's the 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 worst matchup for Adesanya and he can beat Adesanya for sure. That's I'm telling you 100. percent He's the guy that most likely can beat Adesanya because he's not gonna be scared to get hit. Yeah, he knows that Adesanya can can maybe knock him, but he can take a lot of a lot of he punishment. Take shots. Absolutely. So if he puts pressure on Adesanya, get the takedown, his ground and pound is very good. Uh, that's the thing. Like when I've watched Trickers fight in the UFC, his first few fights I was like, this guy is knocking people out, but his ground game is better than his striking. Yeah. So that's why the most shocking thing for me is like when I was like when I watched him, I was like his ground game is better than his striking, but he's knocking people out. Yeah. So he's got the power. Um the if it's a pure striking fight, I think obviously I decide I think he sure. wins. Yeah. Just based on the experience, his distance management. But if he makes it a dog fight, ugly on him constantly, take him down even if he gets up, put pressure on him, 
you you beat him. If, if it's to put money and and you want to like triple your money, you must go for Drakers. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Absolutely. Yeah. But the experience of of Adesanya is obviously is not a slouch. You know, he's beaten very top guys. So and there's enough tape on Drakers now. Yeah, there's enough tape on Drakers, but I feel that he's the guy that maybe is gonna be uh, the, the the first guy that is here in South Africa and Africa to become a, a champion. UFC champion. Yeah, I think he's he's like the most realistic at the moment. Yeah. We've got a few more minutes here. Uh, Demand, I just want to find out, you mentioned Conor McGregor. Mm-hmm. Is he someone who still inspires you? Or Because so, there's no doubt that Conor McGregor has transcended the sport. Like yeah. He brought the showbiz to UFC. I know there's been legends, the Anderson Silvers, you name it, down the line. But Conor McGregor kind of just put UFC on another level. Mm-hmm. Is he a, a guy who inspires you? Or, or is there someone currently, I mean... I know Ray's a huge GSP fan, mm-hmm. like George St. Pierre. I mean, you're kidding me. The mm-hmm. guy's uh, he's one of the greatest of all time. Yeah. But who do you look at and go, man, that guy's that's proper. That that's someone I want to emulate or follow their sort of methods or, or something along those lines. Well, that's a, because there's I so, mean, there's so many, there's so right? many guys. So but there so has many to be guys. one guy you had a poster of on your wall, or you know what I'm saying, or something like that. You know, like every kid growing up has a a role model or someone they go like if it was a Mike Tyson or yeah. whatever it was, you know, not necessarily, but yeah. I'm using that as an example. I think if we go back to, to Conor McGregor, I mean, you can't deny that the, the guy in the sport of MMA is like one in, in one, you know, yeah. he's been able to um, imitate so many previous legends and then be able to, to blend it and make it his, his own thing. Even let's say in terms of where like, wearing suits and looking dapper. Uh, you know, GSP used to do that very professional. In terms of talking and then being brash and predicting fights, you know, had the likes of obviously Ali, uh, Floyd Mayweather. Yeah. And then I think the beauty of, of Connor, I think the, 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 I don't know if you've ever seen that, uh, if you've ever read that book, Outliers. I haven't, unfortunately. So Outliers basically just talks about some people are able to succeed just based on either where they come from, the timing, and the, the sorts. I think because it's Irish as well. this Because the Irish people, they support each other a lot, you know? And then they're always backing their guy. So with that, with the Conor McGregor and the Irish, and obviously a lot of Irish also in, in America, they are able to actually travel across the, in the world to come see you fight. UFC saw the kind of support that this guy was able to bring. And then that brashness, you know, yeah. he, like he brought this different, different, you know, the and he could fight, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> and he could legit fight. He could legit fight. Yeah, he could legit He'll fight. He'll say that he can still fight. He can still fight. I don't think at that same level. Yeah. Because I think the, the hunger is not the same. Like they say, if you wake up on silk sheets, you know, it's, you know, you want to sleep a bit longer. He's got a couple thousand thread. Yeah, and it's, I mean, it, it's, it's obviously made serious, serious amount of yeah. money. I mean, Conor McGregor, like him or not, has done so much for the sport. It, it, smart guy, yeah. you know, obviously sold his business. Um, he got a lot of money. I think 300 million or something like that with the... Chump the, change. Yeah, <laughs> chump change. I mean, he's done a lot. But yeah. it, when it comes to, I think, skill, just fighting skill... Obviously, the the likes of the Demetrius Johnson, amazing fighter. Yeah, I think just because he was a smaller guy or is yeah. a smaller guy in the in, in the U, I mean, when he was still in the UFC, he didn't get as much attention. It's PFL now, right? No, 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 no one, one. Sorry, yeah, yeah, yeah one. Is is in one. Uh, obviously, uh, um, Anderson Silva. But my, I think my all-time favorite fighter when I started MMA used to be Rickson Gracie. Okay. Yeah, the, in the time of pride. The way, especially that time, Jiu-Jitsu was not as famous yeah. in, in the sport of MMA. And then he, the way he just dominated people, I thought to myself, man, this guy is, a, is, a, is amazing. 
And I also have been a fan of obviously GSP as well, the way he carried himself. He didn't need to do all that kind of theatrics, you know what I'm saying? But he was still well-loved, didn't talk so much. He was pure martial artist. So I think the sport has had a lot of great, great champions. And at the end of the day, man, you it's not just about just the fight. I think that's the, the thing with Connor is that he could fight. He made a, a serious amount of money. He's still relevant to this point. He hasn't fought in, in a long time. He's lost, I think, his last two fights, if, if yeah. I'm not mistaken. But look what he's done to the sport. I mean, he's transcended the sport. I think in, in, in terms of that, obviously, obviously Conor McGregor. But, um, but I think the goat of the whole, if you look at MMA as such, just based on longevity, the goat is, is Dana White. Because if you think about it, you never have to fight. Yeah. You are rich. You have the influence of all those former sport. presidents sitting next to you, and then you've you've every every generation of 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 of, of athletes you transcend them. That's right. <laughs> you see, and then you don't even have to get hit and, once. And he doesn't accept to do anything; <laughs> they do it all for him. I mean, maybe he is. You the, know, he's, the he's like <laughs> because you yeah. don't fight. You know, you True. put up fights. You you have the the most influence in the sport, and you sit back and you watch the drama unfold. So be a promoter. <laughs> okay, there's your advice. Demar Penner, speaking of great champions, you are a great champion. And I have no doubt that one day we will see you in the UFC. I just think you're an incredible human being. Thanks for sharing your time. And I know it hasn't been smooth sailing. There was a period of, of four or five years where I'm sure um, you questioned a lot of things in your life. But you've come on the other side, come out on the other side now. And um, all the best, and I hope to see you in action in November. Thank you. Thanks so so much for having me. I really appreciate it. Demar Penner, ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for watching the CS C show. Like and subscribe. I'm not sure where that button is on the screen, but anyway, all the cool kids do it, so I'm trying to do it. But just a nice shout-out to Betway, our partners. Check out betway.co.za for a risk-free bet on the Springboks to outright win the World Cup in France. So don't miss out on that, betway.co.za. Thanks for watching.